Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. Hello and welcome to this episode of That's What She Said. It is my delight, honor, and great joy to bring you the first of six 2023 Bruce reports. (laughs) So this is partly about me and my metabolizing, 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 um, seeing Bruce Springsteen in concert six times this year as a commitment to my own joy, delight, and development in light of everything that's happened in my life. Um, my life kind of comes with a trigger warning right now. Um, so trigger warning, <laughs> uh, my life is that my, um, this year my mom uh, has died and my dad has been diagnosed with the same cancer that my mom just died of and trigger warning. Um, and that has been, uh, difficult to say the least. And it has also been a, uh, a, a double down commitment to joy. Cause when you see, Um, when you feel the need to give people a trigger warning before you talk about your life and just like a kind, like my life is real fucked way. Like a casual inquiry in my life will lead to darkness really, really quickly. Not because I'm depressed, not because I'm in a bad place, but because just factually it's a darkness right now. Just, just factually. It's like at 2am it's dark outside. It's just fact, (laughs) you know, there's no emotionality to it. Um, and so I realized last year when I, when mom got diagnosed with cancer, that I was going to have to make joy one of the primary focuses, foci, foci, plural of focuses. Let me know. In 2023, it was going to have to be to double down on joy because otherwise I could just be consumed by the darkness and never come back. And that would be the easier route. Honestly, the easier route would be to lie down and die get a job at Starbucks and just give up because life is too hard. And that's what I'm not going to do, which is where Bruce Springsteen comes in. So um, I want to talk about Bruce because he's one of my primary life teachers. And I want to talk about why he's one of my primary life teachers. Firstly, uh, I was not a fan of Bruce until I saw him in concert. I was like, oh, he's Bruce. He's, you know, ubiquitous. You know, a few songs, whatever. But uh, when I saw him in concert in, I believe their last tour was in 20. It was either 2016 or 2017, the last Bruce and the E Street Band tour. I was like, what the fuck is this and where has he been all of my life? This is extraordinary beyond measure. I've been to, like, I am um, deeply committed to a DJ 
And I have been going to concerts since I was 16, like all the fucking time. I I love music and I love live music. And Bruce is this category of human that I'm like, I don't even know what you are, where you came from or where to put you because nothing else I have ever seen um, compares. And that was before I knew a single, the only song I knew the first time I was at the concert was Born to Run. And it was three and a half hours long. And I didn't mind that I only knew one song. That's extraordinary. Um, so I've been studying power pretty heavily. And by pretty heavily, I mean to the tune of like lots of classes, super intense. Um, there's, a, there's a rigor to the way that I've been studying power uh, for the last couple of years. And I first want to call attention to the way that Bruce holds power. Because it is, it's again, I've never seen anything like it. When you think of you're in charge of thousands of people's experience, just think any anything that you want to do. Let's say you're a caterer and you're in charge of the, the everyone's experience of food at an event. Let's say that there are hypothetically 12,000 people involved. We're immediately going to start to create hierarchy, just immediately. And generally speaking, the more power someone has in a non-governmental case, no, so no government involved, just like, again, there's a caterer, very, very high up caterer. Um, there's generally going to be a little bit of dictatorial vibes happening. Um, or like when we refer to women as bridezillas, it's when the power gets to them and the pressure gets to you and it does things because you've never experienced that combination of power and pressure and societal expectation before. So the more the people are looking up to you, the more that there's a hierarchy, the more that you can just kind of collapse and make it weird. And so it is a delight to have an experience of sold out arena. Every seat in that arena was full. 20, sometimes 21, 22 people on stage. We have horns. We have backup singers. We have guitars. We have additional guitars. We have snare drum, the Mighty Max Weinberg. We have assorted like do 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 like hand hitting drums. I don't claim to be a hand hitting drum expert, but it was like a it was like a kit. It wasn't just like a bongo. It was like many many bongos arranged in some sort of a form that I've never seen before. We have um, we have trumpets. We have saxophones. We have we have tambourines. We have guitars. We have violins. Um, and when I say guitars in that time, like there's acoustic, there's electric. There, there's a lot of there are a lot of instruments at play. There are a lot of people at play. There are twelve thousand people watching. I believe that's what the Wells Fargo Arena holds. And Bruce is singing, of course, playing lead guitar often. Occasionally throwing in there with harmonica, and he is the conductor of those 20 people. You can watch him. Like, I've been in, uh, I did a lot of time in band in high school, in a marching band. He's a conductor. So he's conducting, he, like, he, he is the epicenter of the entire experience. He holds the experience of everyone in that arena. Every person selling cheesesteaks, every security guard, every sound mixer, every roadie, every fan every musician, every singer, he holds all of their experiences and he does it in such a way that everyone gets better as a result. Everyone gets better as a result. Everyone has a good time as a result. Everyone, you are in such good hands that you can let go. And the container that he creates is just 
remarkable. Just remarkable. And if you're if you haven't gone to a lot of concerts or if you're like, what's the big fucking deal about a good container? Just because someone is a living legend doesn't mean that they make a container or that they hold it well. The most disappointing concert I've ever seen, like like a musician that I adored until I saw him in concert was Bob Dylan. Um, Bob Dylan does not give a fuck about the audience experience. Bob Dylan is not there for you. He's there for a paycheck and he wants to go the fuck home. Bob Dylan on stage was like a limp dick. I mean, he stood behind his keyboard and he sang songs for the amount of time that he was contractually obligated to, and then he left the stage. I have never seen a worse concert. I would rather watch your 13-year-olds jam out in a garage for hours than watch Bob Dylan be on stage again. And I remember that being the first time that I felt betrayed by an artist. Like, you don't have to come out here and hate fuck us. You could just not go on tour. Like, you're Bob Dylan. You have enough money to not go on tour. So don't do this to yourself because you're clearly misery beyond misery beyond misery. There is no aliveness. There's no joy. There's no lightness. So that experience stands in direct contrast to Bruce, which is you are 73 years old. You do not have to do this. You could retire. You could stop. There is no, you don't need the money. You don't need the prestige. You don't need the awards. You're doing this because it is within you, because your soul dictates that you do it. And that is what makes Bruce incredible. He is so far beyond the need for money, awards, accolades, critical review, a career move, next move, whatever. Like he's at the end of this and he's aware that he's at the end of this. And for like, that is the, the miracle of him to me is that he has been on stage doing his thing, being this incredible, powerful, like enormous, enormity of a human. I've never like just enormity is the only word that I can use to describe it. This like whatever the opposite of a dictator is that's just like, I can take it. Like, give me all of your power and I will return it to you tenfold in this way that gives you an experience of all of us that is really, really beautiful. Because collective joy is a dying thing. Collective joy is a dying thing. That sense of we're all in this together and we're all really happy about something. It's a dying thing in our, in, at least it is in the United States. I don't know about the rest of the world, but it's, and when you get collective joy, when you, when you're all singing, there were were like six songs at the end, he brings up the lights and just crushes it. And every person in the audience knows every word because they're anthems at this point. He's not trying to bring out his 2022 stuff to get everybody to sing along. It's incredible. The whole room just opens. Like you lose your voice just hooting and howling and screaming lyrics at the top of your lungs and being stoked to be alive. And he opens that experience up for everyone. There's a generosity to that. That Are you breathing? Are you in this room? You will be subjected to collective joy. It's just how it is. That's incredible. That's incredible. And then there's this, like, he went for two hours and 40 minutes. They went, the E Street, I don't want to minimize that the E Street Band is also 73 years old. <laughs> the original members anyway. And then there, there you know, there are some youngins in there. Um, two hours and 40 minutes. No opener. Just 
boom, we begin with Bruce, we end with Bruce, and we leave having had a really good time. So the dynamics of having and holding a container, the dynamics of having absolute power, absolute, absolute power, and using it to make an incredible experience happen for everyone. Using it, in no way abusing it, like 0% abuse. What does that look like? It's incredible to have that modeled for you. And that sense, possibly the, the biggest one for me, uh, and the reason like uh, someone incredible on stage like a Taylor Swift can't give me that same experience is that he's been doing this for longer than I've been alive. And when I have been alive for an additional 10 years, I will still not have been alive as long as Bruce has been taking the stage to do his thing. To me, to, to be... It's such, it's such an incredible sense of time in his presence that he's been doing this since he was 15 and he's 73. That the, 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 the level of mastery upon mastery upon mastery is like, it's literally legendary. <laughs> it's, he has no precedent. And you can, I am using him as a teacher of bigness, as a teacher of holding power well, as a teacher of holding containers well, as a teacher of not being afraid of being in charge and of being able to hold that really beautifully, and as a, as a teacher of endurance, persistence, and strength. Because again, he's been doing his thing on stage longer than I've been alive, and I'm 41. You know, it's not like I'm 14. Like, oh, you've been doing a thing for 14 years. It's a long time. It's objectively a long time, 41 years. In the human lifespan, not in the universe. I'm shadow boxing with Darwinism right now. <laughs> Just like in the human experience, it's a long time. And the other thing that keeps coming up, and keep an eye out for this. I think we're going to do a taboo time about mediocrity and excellence. Uh, a, a thing that I'm learning in direct contrast to Bruce Springsteen, direct, like a 180, is, and we're going to talk more about this, and I've read books about it, and um, believe it or not, this is not misandry, this is just researched fact, um, that mediocrity is kind of the status quo, uh, if you are a white male, mediocrity is your inheritance, and you're allowed to be mediocre because it's just, it's fine. It's fine. If you're mediocre, you can do just fine in life. No problem. You'll get through. Excellence is not required. And I am having this experience in my personal life with a number of humans. Um, and it's really frustrating that mediocrity is a-okay. Excellence is not required at all. And so when you see someone, especially a male who's committed to excellence, it's really incredible. It's really, really, really incredible because 0% of that is required. You could just be fairly mediocre and it would be all right. You could hate your crowd and still get paid for it like Bob Dylan. It'd be all right. You would still sell out the tour because you're Bob Dylan. Um, and one of the things I want to talk about coming up soon um, I think I want to hold gatherings called Taboo Time. And I want to talk about things that I see uh, in my years and years of experience being behind the scenes in businesses, both male and female. And then or men and women, if we want to use identity markers there, um, 
And then there are these things that women do that they think are going to result in better, more, um, that are going to pan out and they never pan out. Um, and it's excellence. It's if I'm just more excellent, people will find me. People will discover me. If I'm just three times better at my craft than I am right now, I will naturally rise to the top. If I just get better and 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 better at what I do, naturally everyone will find me, love me, and my career will take off. Absolutely untrue. Absolutely untrue. Uh, it's, that's not a fun thing to say, but it's absolutely untrue. That's the success in the modern world of anything involving selling business, bringing your work to the world, your truest work, your deepest passion. It's not just a matter of excellence. There's a whole lot of other shit that has to happen. But if you just spend all your time achieving excellence, you get distracted from all of these other skills that you have to pick up in order to be able to market your excellence to others. So I see a lot of women falling for the trap of, I'm just going to take classes to get better and better and better and better and better and better and better at my craft and ignore marketing entirely. And suddenly my business will work out. It won't. It won't. Um, And I say that with great love and with great, um, there's pain there too, because that should be how it works. It should be that the excellence of the world rises to the top. That should logically, emotionally, and all the ways be how it works. And it's just fucking not. So keep an eye out for talking about that particular taboo of excellence and mediocrity in a, uh, a private, safe little container to explore that. Because I, it's, it just keeps coming up in my life. I don't want to talk about mediocrity. And I in particular don't want to talk about how mediocre men are. And... It just keeps coming up and it's not bear. It's like one, because bear is an excellent male or he wouldn't be in my life. It's all of the people surrounding bear. Because <laughs> bear's done his work to shed all the bullshit conditioning and bear is, bear is committed to excellence, beginning to end, top to bottom. Everybody's watching, nobody's watching, does not matter. Bear does the same job because that's who he is. He's just pure excellence. And his encounters with uh, mediocre males are just, they're so frustrating to me because when I am on a call with a client, uh, my clients are female, and the question is never their excellence. The number of times over the course of the last 12 years of business coaching that I've had to really stop and get almost like, like, hey, hey, so here's the speech for you who's committed to excellence. I know you. Hey, the problem is not that you're not excellent. The problem is not that you're not amazing. The problem is not that you need to take 17,000 more classes to get better at doing this thing that you do. The problem is not that someone needs to find you or discover you. You are doing a great fucking job. But you're going to have to learn to talk about yourself and your work. And you're going to have to learn to talk about and sell your work in such a way that it features your excellence. And that you own your excellence. 
it would be very uncomfortable to be in the presence of of uh, of Bruce if he didn't own his excellence, if he pretended he wasn't excellent. That's odd because it isn't who he is. It's not true. So, um, and it you can see it really obviously. Like imagine he's such an icon. Like just imagine Bruce Springsteen in your head, and imagine him doing some sort of like, oh, did you like that? Oh, that's sort of like, I don't, I mean, did you like Born to Run that time? Um, did you, do you think Thunder Road is an okay song? Did you, bullshit, bullshit. We all know it's excellent. We all know it's legendary. We all know it's anthem. It would be strange to watch him question his own excellence, but I watch women who are fucking excellent at what they do doubt it every fucking day every fucking day. In fact, it's my job to help promote excellence. (laughs) And then to say, now go talk about your excellence. The problem is not that you're not good enough. The problem is that you have been conditioned to not talk about how good you are. The problem is not you don't know what you're doing. The problem is you do know what you're doing and nobody's fucking listening. And then you shrink instead of going, okay, you're going to listen now. The problem is not if I just had three more degrees, then they would listen. They wouldn't. They fucking wouldn't. It's not how many degrees you have. It's how much legitimacy you have when you talk about those degrees. Do you hide? Do you shrink? Do you say, oh, it's just a master's degree? I have a friend I didn't even know was getting a PhD because, well, she she hasn't finished it yet, so why talk about it? What? What? And she's embarrassed that her dissertation's a little, a little, she's a little behind on her dissertation. So just don't talk about the fact that you're six weeks away from getting a PhD. Are you kidding me? I see women do this all the fucking time. And I love you. I love us. That's why I get so fired up about it. Because excellence still requires, even excellence requires marketing. All, everything to draw the attention of humans requires marketing. And when you assume that excellence will do the marketing for you, it's just not the case. It's just not the case. So I want to talk about excellence. I want to talk about mediocrity. And uh, I want to do it in a way that's... I want to do it in a way that just allows me to fully say all the things. Like full... Um, ending of taboo. That's one of the things that uh, mom's dying has taught me is that there were a lot of places where I was like, ooh, if that gets back to mom, that's not going to go well. That's gone now. That's gone. (laughs) So there are levels of uh, freedom of expression. I thought I was pretty free, but there are levels of freedom of expression that I didn't know existed or I didn't know that were holding me back. They're just like, well, those are gone now. Those are gone. Like, Um, there are new layers of life coming up and there are new layers of the ability to speak about things that are really, really taboo, that are really, really vital to the success of women on this planet. And it's not that I don't love men. It's that in my, when I'm teaching men and I'm teaching women, I've done that for a long time. There's a bunch of stuff that holds women back that men are just confused by because they haven't been conditioned in the same way. So it's not that I don't love you as a man. It's that there are plenty of people to teach you, but there are these things behind the things behind the things that happen in business that I've been privy to for more than a decade in this sort of like therapy adjacent role where we're one-on-one and we go deep, nothing is off limits and there's no depth I won't go to with you. 
because I hold an incredibly immaculate container that way. And it's the same things that keep us stuck. It's the same things that keep us quiet. It's the same things that keep us from spreading our excellence. It's the same things that keep us from marketing. And because they're being addressed one-on-one-on-one, my clients are unable to see the pattern. And so you just assume that it's not a pattern, it's just me. It's not a pattern, it's just me. If I were just more excellent. But when there are 20,000 women going, if I were just more excellent, then they would find me. It doesn't make it any more true. It's still bullshit. One of the great angering factors of my life has been being behind the scenes in the photography industry about a decade ago. And when I say behind the scenes, I mean I had access to everyone. You name them, I had access to them. I was ghostwriting. I was ghost marketing. I was in it. Um, it was like pre, pre Instagram influencers. There were all the big bloggers and I was like, it was, you know, I knew everyone. And what I learned that I didn't want to learn was that it's not about how great you are. It's about how great you market. And that still makes me angry. And when I find exceptions to that, like Bruce, it makes me happy because Bruce is not marketing. It's not good marketing that gets you to go see Bruce. There were people behind me talking that said that, you know, well, I saw him, you know, I saw him in, uh, you know, on his 81 tour. And then and I'm like, you have been coming to Bruce concerts for as long as I have been alive. That's wild. And the fact that it's still excellence after all this time is like, hats off to you. Hats off to you as a fan for staying loyal, for knowing goodness when you see it. And hats off to you as Bruce and the E Street Band for providing this incredible level of experience and connection and joy for people despite your age and despite every obstacle that has come your way. Because I'm very certain that pulling off a worldwide tour with 20 band members plus roadies plus plus plus, I don't even know what all the, I don't know how many people have to travel as as they tour but it's not insignificant it's not like it's just me and my guitar and i hop in my car and i drive from city to city it's not like that it is an undertaking it is it is an enormous investment of time money and energy on the part of many 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 people it's so good so i want to talk about excellence I don't want to talk about how excellence is not your problem. That's not the problem. And that's not what's going to get you discovered either. There's marketing that has to be done. And when I say marketing, I mean that in the... Marketing meaning just the ability to talk about your work. The ability to say you're pricing out loud. The ability to say this is what I do. And to really fucking own it. To not shy away. To say So if I say... Um, I teach women how to get more free on the inside or I teach women to get more aligned on the inside so that their insides and their outsides match. Um, There's legitimacy there. There's no, that's not some, it's not a brand bio that I had to download for and then I wrote it out and then I thought about it and then I made it perfect and I thought, how will this do on social? And then I, no, it's just who I fucking am. I help you embrace your legitimacy, embrace how fucking incredible you already are, and then tell people about how incredible you are. Instead of false modesty, 
I just, ah, what? I don't know, me? Ah. Or actual modesty, which is like, I'm a piece of shit. I don't know why you're saying I'm incredible. Um, there's, there's power there and there's work there. And there is an extraordinary gift waiting to be unlocked there. Because it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing when a woman believes in her work the way that I believe in her work. If I can get those two things to be equal, the way that I see your work and the way that you see your work, if when those two meet, you don't need me anymore because you understand and you can mark it easy peasy from there on out because you have no shame about who you are or what you do. You have no shame about your talents. You have no shame about how fucking incredible you are as a human, as a business owner, and as a, as a life force. So that. That's both incredibly vague and incredibly specific at the same time. And that's why I love Bruce. Because he doesn't have to be excellent. And if some part of you is like, why would you say that men get away with being mediocre? It's not even fair, Kristen. It's not even fair. I want you to look at our government. Just look at it. Just look at it. Just pick one. Pick one. We know, we know that men can be mediocre. <laughs> mediocre is like a, a goal at this point with American government. If you were just mediocre, that would be amazing. But we have like Matt Gates, like, I, I'm not a child pornographer. What are you talking about? I'm not running a child trafficking ring. That's silly. I'm just being indicted for running now. That's not real. It's, I mean, we have, we have like mediocrity is the goal for politicians. Mediocrity would be a nice change of pace. Mediocrity would be moving up in the ranks from where we are right now. So I appreciate and I want to celebrate excellence where and when I find it. And I want to share um, what Bruce is teaching me, not from a, I'm a big fan place, but from a, like, there's, there's something bigger going on there. He's teaching me about what one human can do, what one human can be, and the, the, the potential of one human to shape the world in a really beautiful way to their own liking. That's what I'm learning. The songs are a bonus. The fact that I can sing Thunder Road, great. But it's really about this much bigger experience of being a human and being alive and holding power in such a gorgeous way that no one wishes to take it from you. Everyone willingly gives it to you and then you just give it right back. It's a beautiful, beautiful exchange and it is exquisite to experience every single time. That's not how I thought this was going to go. I thought I was just going to talk about Bruce, but there's been too much mediocrity. Like, like there's been like rainstorms of mediocrity in my life this week. <laughs> and then there's this like moment of like, now have this experience of excellence and then have that be juxtaposed with the mediocrity and it makes me so angry that I need to address it. So that's where we're going to start taboo time talking about um, excellence and mediocrity. Okay. So this has been the Bruce Report. Over 30 minutes. That's <laughs> Thank you for listening. I love you. Um, two things 
the first uh, running out of time to sign up for the Imaginarium in Dublin in May. The Imaginarium being where a tiny group of us gets together and we reimagine your life from top to bottom, inside out, beginning to end, up, down, however, whichever direction you want to use. Um, the Imaginarium is for reimagining your life together in a really beautiful container and then working together for a few months afterward to cultivate the energies that you find at the Imaginarium so that it isn't just like, hope you were inspired, bye bitches. No, there's three months of work afterward to cultivate those things that you said you wanted and to begin to bring them into reality. So we plant some seeds and then we nurture them together. It's really beautiful. It's some of my favorite work in the world. I haven't been to Europe for years. I've never been to Dublin. I'm fucking stoked. You can find information at kristenkelp.com slash imaginarium. I-M-A-G-I-N-A-R-I-U-M. Um, go and take a look. If you're if you're a woman and that, that bit about the uh, it's not excellence, it's, it's everything else. Like, yeah, come talk to me. Yeah, yeah. There's no shame in it. It's 100% of women I've ever encountered. In my work, in my work. I'm not saying that all women's work is is excellent. That is a goddamn, that's for, that's for not sure. But when it comes to my people and my clients and the people who have hired me, I, get, I have to give the I promised your excellent speech so many times. So many times. And it's taken a long time for me to realize like, oh, that's a larger pattern that needs to be addressed because it's just everyone. It's not some singular flaw with you that you think that if you were excellent, it would change. It's that that's just what we're conditioned to believe. If we're just more excellent, then they'll come rescue us. They'll come save us. They'll come notice us. They'll come give us money. They'll come give us what we want. It's not true. It is a fucking lie. (sighs) So I hope to see you in Dublin. Just shoot me an email, k at kristenkelp.com, if you want to talk further about that. Or go ahead and sign up. May you find and nourish models of excellence that bring you light and life in your life. (laughs) May you find and experience collective joy. It's It's a dying breed, so please treasure it. May you know the gorgeousness of handing your power over to someone and just having them hand it right back beautifully and easily without any Putin vibes, right? (laughs) No dictators required, no dictatorship required, a beautiful exchange of energy. May you stop doubting your own excellence. May you stop doubting your own excellence. May you stop doubting your own excellence excellence. I love you and I'll see you so, so soon. Bye everyone. Thank you for listening. One more time. The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine, while quietly, or not so quietly, scream-sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. 
This is a really simple format, one gathering a month on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need in November now. And we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.